sponsor and startup Ogterra Networks joins Day2 Cloud, and we're going to discuss their proactive network analysis product that is meant to make you aware of problems before they become, you know, problems. And as your network creeps across the internet and other transits that you don't own to get to your apps in the cloud, I suspect the Ogterra approach to network analysis is going to be interesting to you. Because imagine bringing together network metrics that you're used to, flow data, for example, with metadata that you're not, like uh, like workload tags. And I... I don't want to get ahead of myself. Jim Meehan, Senior Director of Product, is here to tell the Terra Network story. Jim, welcome to Day 2 Cloud, and, and tell the nice people listening. That, no pressure, but there are thousands of them. I do mean that. In a nutshell, what does Terra do, Jim? Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Uh, so Terra, our mission is really to transform the discipline of network operations from one that is primarily reactive to one that is proactive. Uh, and so by reactive, I mean, uh, we're gonna um, get some kind of external indicator that there's a problem, uh, dig through a whole bunch of data with whatever tools you may have available, figure out what the problem is, and then you know, sometime later actually be able to resolve it. So it's been, uh, you know, I think kind of a, a slog for a lot of people as networks have gotten more complex and we wanna try and turn that on its head a little bit. The Altair platform is really uh, designed to use lots of different data sources that you may have uh, in your network or your uh, cloud environment. Uh, things like you mentioned, flow data, probes, SNMP, syslog, uh, even more than that, which we can talk about more later, and uh, apply some modern techniques. You could call it AI ML. We can talk about that a little bit. <laughs> and improve the quality of detection versus uh, what people have experienced in the past. So, Jim, your uh, your differentiator here is is proactive. That that's one of them, anyway. If you had other differentiators that you could outline for us, how how would you describe those? So, the I guess number one is really being able to make use of a lot of different types of telemetry data. I think in the past we have pretty siloed tools for uh, operating networks. And Silo tools and lots of them, Jim. That's right. Uh, and, and UIs that are not really designed to look at multiple data sources, right? In the past, I've got one UI to look at my SNMP data, one UI to look at my log data, one UI to look at maybe some uh, proactive tests, uh, those sorts of things. And there hasn't been a good way to correlate across those, except for some really advanced people that may have built internal tools to do that or frameworks, uh, but there's a lot to be gained by combining uh, different types of data that we use to operate uh, environments and, and put that into one place. And the second big differentiator is uh, applying uh, AI and ML to this data. And I struggle a little bit with how to describe that because it's a set of terms that instantly draws skepticism, but uh, I think there's opportunity for people to revisit their uh, assumptions. And, uh, you know, I have a, a two ways to kind of think about that. The first is that technology has kind of a long arc. And I think sometimes about a set of commercials that AT&T did back in the early 90s, maybe 1993, called You Will. And in those commercials, there's, I don't know, there's three of them. I remember one of them, a guy is sitting on his laptop on a beach having a video meeting with his colleagues. And in another one, someone's putting turn-by-turn -turn instructions into a video screen in a car and the car's actually telling them where to go. And the third one, a mom is doing a video call with her toddler to say goodnight. 
And it's uncanny how they got all of these, but think about how long it's taken for those to, to be delivered. So the the danger here, right, is that there's like over-marketing that can happen in the middle. And I think that's where uh, some things have maybe gone wrong for people who have tr- experimented with putting data into algorithms or, or tried products that uh, say they're using AI and ML and, and not getting very good results. Well, well that's where the skepticism has come in on, on my part, Jim. Uh, historically, AI and ML has been buzzwords that have been applied to whatever the solution is. And all they're really doing is just statistical analysis, nothing fancier. There's not really any learning going on. There's not. There's barely any modeling or anything like that. And so it just has become like, oh, AI and ML, that's that's the future. That's what I want. And so it's been slapped as a label all over everything. But I think your point here is from an Ogterra perspective, that's actually what you are doing. You're actually using machine learning and then applying AI to the, the trained model. Absolutely. Yeah. The foundation of the Ogterra platform is based on four years of original research by the founding team. So I think there's a temptation to say, we'll take this network data and we'll put it into uh, some off-the-shelf machine learning library. And that that was the first thing that we tried and and didn't get very good results. So uh, we went back to the drawing board, spent a lot of time developing proprietary unsupervised machine learning models, both for the primary detection. So we're gonna put in this data stream, we're gonna build a model of, you know, there's there's several different approaches depending on the type of of network data and then get better primary detection. This is or is not deviating from what was seen before. And to be able to do that without a lot of the struggles of having to predefine a lot of parameters, rules, thresholds, I think that's where a lot of prior products fall into disuse because there's a lot of sort of brittle construction of what you care about. And and then you have to keep that current with how things have changed in your environment over time. People get frustrated with that. Yeah. The second, go ahead. One of the things that I have struggled with, with a lot of those is it's really just anomaly detection at the end. So it's just saying, Hey, this is slightly different than the norm. And it doesn't always tell me is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is that a, is something going to break or has already broken? Or is it more, hey, this is just different. Now you have to go do the research on your own. So is, is Ogterra giving me more than just something's different? It is at the very base level, something's different, but there are things that we can do to make sure that the difference is interesting enough to warrant a senior person's attention. So one of those things, right, is, is again, like cross data source, right? If we see uh, a deviation in a time series in uh, log data that also correlates with a deviation in say traffic volume, right? Then there's a, a level above just like single variate uh, kind of detection. The other thing that, um, Octera does is build a topology model of uh, the network, um, regardless of whether that's a physical network in a data center or kind of a VPC topology in the cloud. And we can use the topology model to correlate across data sources as well. So if I see a deviation in two different data sources from adjacent devices, uh, let's say it's like a, a link down on one device and a BGP flap on another device, and then maybe uh, some reject messages uh, about traffic that moved over to a different path and is transiting something where a a policy is not up to date. Um, Seeing that all of those things are 
adjacent to each other from a topology perspective allows us to bring them together and say, okay, here's a here's an incident. There's there's multiple things happening uh, across multiple data sources. This is you know really something that that needs your attention. And the the end goal really is to um, get out of the mode where you have. If you think about how a, a knock has operated in the past, right? You you may have 20 people sitting in a room whose only job is to validate signals are are worthy of someone more important to take a look at, right? Uh, and they spend all day, and maybe it's one in a hundred of those signals that actually get um, the attention of someone who can actually remediate. Uh, and you know, this is a sort of a, a broken model, especially as the environments that we're operating in get more complex. And there's a strong interest in the operations community to make that shift, right? And it's not, it's not just about installing a product, right? It's, it's about an organizational shift to say, hey, we can do better. We can move from a, a break-fix mentality to um, something that um, is uh, better, I guess you would say. Now, you, you mentioned along the way there what was enabling that organizational shift was a network topology awareness. I took that to mean that as structured data, Agatera knows actually what the network is. Like it builds a network graph. Would those be the right words? Yeah, it's it's really a graph-based model uh, of the network. Uh, and we can use different data sources to do that in, in a physical topology uh, we're talking about like, you know, using SNMP interface tables and, and LLTP, LLDP data to discover layer two, layer three adjacencies, EVPN topologies, those sorts of things. In cloud environments, we can use the APIs provided by the cloud vendors to understand VPC associations, gateways, attachments, all of those things. And then uh, even to make the bridge over, say, a direct connect or VPN topology between a cloud and, and a physical topology. And that's something that um, we've heard from many customers and people we've talked to at you know, trade shows and whatever is, is really impossible these days when we have you know, applications that span infrastructure, which is both in the cloud and a data center, what are all of the components, cloud side and, and data center side that are in the path? Uh, if I have a connectivity or, or a, a performance problem, you know, what can I use to um, kind of see that holistically rather than having, like we said before, you know, all these different UIs or products I need to log into to see what that looks like? Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about how applications have like you said, sort of migrated out of the data center. And before you were responsible for maybe your your WAN and then the applications running inside the data center. But now those applications are in AWS, maybe they're in Azure or you know GCP. And if you want to check the networking for any of those, you got to go to their tool and, and look at their telemetry. It'd be nice to collect it all in one place. If that information does raise the red flag, is Altera going to just tell me that there's a, a detected possible problem, or does it also give me recommendations about what to do to solve that issue? We're moving in that direction. So one of the things that is sort of a say a primary uh, use for the product is rather than having like this UI that I'm going to log into to 
um, debug this. And, and of course that's there, but a lot more of our customers are using integration with sort of operations workflow. So things like having Octera automatically raise a ServiceNow ticket and, uh, or, um, you know, create a Slack message, right? Depending on sort of your, your preference or, or your specific organization's uh, operations workflow. So in the ServiceNow case, we have customers feeding resolution data back into Octera so that if we find a similar problem later, we can make use of the resolution problem, the resolution data from past uh, similar problems and say, hey, uh, in the past, issues like this, you know, 50% of the time, the remediation was um, we shut down this interface or we changed this, uh, we moved an instance to a different uh, availability zone or, or whatever the, the resolution is. Uh, I think the sort of automatic, hey, uh, you know, log into this device and do these things or, or like the specific actions um, we're a little bit further out on that, but um, being able to show the resolution data is is a step in that direction. And I will say there are, you know, we do have customers that uh, are uh, dipping their toes into automatic remediation. Mm. Uh, and the example that I can think of is in the kind of physical network space rather than the cloud space. But let's say you have, uh, you know, sort of a dense data center fabric and you have an issue that says there's interface errors on this interface. Well, a quick resolution is to raise the routing cost on that interface so that the traffic isn't traversing it anymore. And have the comfort to do that because you have plenty of capacity. If you take down a few instance, a few interfaces automatically, it's not gonna put you in a bad situation. And then later you can figure out what the problem is and send someone out to change an optic or replace a fiber or, or whatever it is. So uh, I think, you know, as we go along, we're going to be able to slice off more and more of those, you know, kind of automatic remediation uh, cases. You just opened a can of worms, Jim. So if I can do some level of automatic remediation, does that mean Ogterra did that for me, took the action? Or does that mean some other data source was pulling from Ogterra, found this situation, an interface is throwing a bunch of errors, and that triggered this other system to take the action to increase the routing costs in your example? Right, it, well, it's early days. Uh, the particular customer I'm thinking of has a internal platform that they've built that takes actual configuration actions mm. and provides an API uh, that other systems can call to affect those actions. Okay. And there's obviously commercial solutions in, in that space as well. Uh, and it's kind of early days for those as well, but that's, um, I'm heartened by having actual customers do this kind of stuff you know, on the basis of uh, the, the detection that we're providing. Right. And you don't always want one tool to, to do, try to do everything. You want your tool to that's do right. something really well and, and, yes. <laughs> and try to perfect that thing as opposed to, you know, going wide and an inch deep, right? Yeah. Um, I'm curious, in terms of the Octera tool, is this something that's hooked into SaaS or is this something that you host in your own data center? So what's the architecture behind Octera? Yeah, um, it's a 
we have a flexible deployment model. So some customers, uh, they want the whole thing running on their own infrastructure and uh, we support you know, on-premise installation on you know, N number of VMs, depending on what the rate of ingested data is. Uh, other customers are more forward thinking in terms of cloud-based operations tools. In that case, we typically put a small, let's call it a, a, a relay um, that can receive the data locally mm-hmm. and then proxy it to a cloud-based instance of Octera over SSL. Okay, is that a multi-tenant environment or do you have like dedicated instances for each tenant? Uh, it is a dedicated instance uh, type of, uh, but provisioned and operated by Ogterra uh, right. uh, with um, a multi-tenant platform in the works. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jim, earlier on, you mentioned many different data sources that Octera can consume to get a sense of what's going on on the network, uh, flow logs and SNMP data and so on. Can you dive into more detail in what all the data sources are that Octera consumes? Yeah. So if it's sort of standardized telemetry that uh, networking produces uh, on the cloud side or on the physical side, Octera can consume it. So uh, every flavor of flow data, syslog data, SNMP data, um, streaming telemetry, GNMI, gRPC. If you have, uh, we have some customers who uh, have kind of a advanced, what I'll call telemetry bus, where they put all their network telemetry into Kafka. Uh, we can hmm. consume data off of a, a Kafka feed. And then um, we have some customers who uh, have kind of custom stuff, like they have custom packet probes that produces what I'll call flow data plus plus. Uh, and uh, so they, we ingest that via uh, JSON, you know, kind of structured data f- that they push to a, an API. So is that data, do I have to normalize that data to ship it into Octera somehow? Or do I, like, like typically you take, you take a network monitoring system, you'd say, here's SNMP, go pull this. And you rely yeah. on the NMS to do the parsing of the data, the normalization. We we do a lot of normalization on the Octera side. Uh, if it's standard telemetry, obviously we know how to do that out of the box because it's something that we've seen before. But if it's a non-standard, um, like let's say it's custom JSON data, uh, it's pretty easy for us to map fields that we see in the JSON to existing kind of normalized metrics or dimensions that we have within the Octera product already. And if there's something that's totally custom in that data set that the customer cares about, it's pretty easy for that to get added as well. That was a, a, a primary, um, it was like a roadblock, you know, early on because we had, you know, n number of customers who wanted to send us, you know, whatever different types of data we had to build a sort of a robust solution for that. Oh, but you're, you're making the point that I can ship Octera really anything I want, and there's an engine there that allows me to inform Octera, okay, here's here's what I'm sending you, here's the structured data I'm sending you, and this is what it means to me, and Octera can take it from there and make use of it. Yeah, and, you know, like uh, was said earlier, um, you know, there's a lot of use cases here, potentially outside of just networking. We don't want to get ahead of our skis uh, and say, oh, yeah, send us, you know, whatever type of data, send us application data, send us, um, you know, that sort of thing. There's a certain uh, expertise embodied in the company about, you know, operating networks. And so the kind of correlation that we do is aimed at those use cases because we understand them very well. 
uh, and we're less certain about um, the use cases, you know, outside of the networking arena. But from a base technology perspective, you know, I think that possibility is there as we grow. It does raise an interesting question about application level, you know, layer seven type networking traffic. Is that of interest to Augterra right now, or are you trying to focus on some of the lower layers of the stack and ingest that information, telemetry information that has to do with those layers? I think we're trying to do the primary detection at the lower layers using you know, network-specific data. But you do raise an interesting question because a natural question, if there's like, a, let's say there's a latency problem or loss or whatever, right? Your next question is, okay, well, what's affected, right? So we can use other data. Um, some of it is metadata um, that we get um, from customer systems or in, in the cloud, we can sometimes get like tag data from uh, the the APIs that the, uh, public cloud providers uh, vendors provide so that we can see okay yes there's latency or loss on this path these applications are present uh, and we know what those applications are they belong to this team or this app name or whatever sometimes we can get that out of flow data by looking at port numbers and source and dest ip addresses and then map those to uh, associations that are org specific uh, and you know the uh, that's another place where uh, we've had to provide a lot of flexibility for our customers because that org specific metadata is stored lots of different ways in lots of different systems, all the way from you know spreadsheets to you know configuration management databases and that sort of thing. So we want to provide very flexible APIs that um, make it easy for people to put in whatever data they have. It always comes back to Excel, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're still there in, in many cases. Well, we talked about the, the Octera service itself, um, the relay agent that you might have in, in your data center if you're using the, the SaaS service. Um, but I noticed something that else that's called Octera agents. So can you describe what those are and where I would deploy them? Yeah, so the Octera agent is uh, another little piece of code that can run as a, a container or a service on a Linux host uh, that really is kind of in the realm of synthetic tests. So um, Octera agents can test each other and they can also test URL endpoints. And what they're measuring is essentially latency and loss. So um, do I have continuous connectivity? What is the latency on this path? And we can do machine learning on those metrics as well. And the probe data combined with flow data, um, NetFlow in physical topologies, VPC flow logs, or NSG event logs in, in cloud topologies, that's a really interesting combination of data sources because the uh, synthetic test data can can tell you when there's uh, a connectivity problem, and then the flow data can uncover um, what was affected. And an interesting thing that the Octera agent does is this concept of uh, negative ACK. So if the if the source agent determines that it's not getting a response from the destination it'll send a UDP packet with a, a specific high port number that you can then look for in the flow data. Uh, so it'll sort of light up the path that that test or packets took. Anywhere that I see in my topology, I've got UDP 
you know, high port number traffic present. I know that I have uh, loss for traffic traversing that point, not necessarily at that point, but if we roll up the, the data by that, that high port number, and then we see commonalities where it's appearing, like, oh yeah, I've had tons of negative acts across this VPC, across this gateway, across this direct connect, uh, then I can kind of pinpoint this is the place in the network that is common to all these different, you know, this whole test matrix where uh, I'm, I'm observing loss. Uh, and so that's, uh, I think that's a really interesting um, problem solver for the types of things that I hear people get frustrated with right now, where, like we were talking about before, I have this complex topology that maybe traverses multiple gateways in the cloud and then across a direct connect to a data center. Um, if I have a issue, where is that happening, right? And, and how can I find out about it and, and find out where without having to go through all these kind of manual troubleshooting steps and digging through all this data? So the agents sound like I, I add those on as um, auxiliary information gatherers about what's going on, kind of independent of the network infrastructure that I'm monitoring. I'm pushing transactions through it. So do I deploy all of those agents myself as the Ogterra consumer wherever I think I need them? Or does Ogterra have, like, do you guys have your own global fleet of agents that are out there monitoring, you know, the internet and cloud exchanges and such? So we do have a global fleet of agents that you can uh, go look at um, right on Octera's website, actually. And uh, it is a giant matrix of just about every region and availability zone across the three major cloud providers. And there's a live anomaly view about what we've seen in terms of uh, loss and latency uh, that picks up the you know major cloud provider outages um, way before you know those are posted um, on the, the cloud provider's own availability kind of dashboards. Uh, so that's uh, kind of a, uh, an interesting public view. But typically, the customers want to deploy these in their own topologies because we're not necessarily testing all the same you know, if we have a few per availability zone, we're not necessarily testing all the same infrastructure that uh, customers' applications are deployed on because who knows what the physical infrastructure underneath looks like and where, you know, which um, physical devices in those cloud providers' networks you're sitting on, right? So it's it gives a, a picture of kind of like major events, but it may not catch um, what's happening specific to your oh, it, infrastructure. I, if I've got a direct connect from Boston to US East and want to know what that performance is, I could set up agents, one in my VPC and one in my you know Boston headquarters or data center and light up the agents to get that testing. Yeah. And, you know, because there's, you know, often multiple teams responsible for this stuff, there's pushback on deploying third-party stuff directly on application servers. But a typical approach would be to have, you know, a host that is adjacent to the actual application servers in the same VPC that runs the agent um, mm. that can provide a, a pretty close view of the conditions that the application servers themselves are are experiencing. And there's no reason you couldn't put it on the application servers. I mean, we would advocate for that because it gives you the, the closest view of what's actually happening for the application traffic. It's just like kind of walking the line of um, what you can get done in your organization versus um, yeah. what the ideal is. 
might be easier to stand it up in a container by itself rather than add an agent to an existing application server, you're saying? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So is this agent topology, um, is that how I'm going to use Augterra for multi-cloud network observability? Um, is that is that the architecture I'm putting in place or is is there more to it than that? Well, uh, that's a primary component, I think, because we want to get data about the sort of the physical conditions of traffic crossing the network. Um, if, you know, if you have uh, applications that are already instrumented that way that can produce loss and latency data, that might be an easier way to deploy and just have Octera consume that data. Most customers we have don't have that level of um, mm. kind of telemetry that they can export, uh, but um, both are, are viable. Uh, and then, um, you know, flow data so that we can observe the traffic as it crosses all those intermediate points that we can't, you know, directly measure loss, loss or latency from, um, so that we can use um, that flow data to uncover uh, path information to, um, you know, use the negative act feature to kind of um, almost like tracer bullets, right, to light up the topology where the um, the uh, actual problems are occurring. Uh, and then, um, as I mentioned before, the metadata to make this relevant for your team. So uh, tags, um, it labels, stuff that we can get out of the, the cloud providers APIs so that it's not just saying, hey, there's a problem between this IP address and this IP address. It's between you know, this app and this app or this, this team's uh, services and this other team services, whatever kind of um, classes of, of tags you have associated with your infrastructure. Do you provide any guidance around tags that would be most helpful or that you'd recommend applying to the various cloud resources? Because I know that's something that I've seen from, say, like a backup vendor, for instance, it, they might provide some guidance on using metadata tags for backup policy. So do you have so, some similar guidance? I don't think we have hard guidance yet. Um, the The easy path has been to use tags that are present already, but obviously, I mean, I can think of some like latency and sensitive app versus non-latency sensitive app, right? Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's really basic stuff, but I think the primary use case for tags is just to say, okay, when there's a problem, like it's happening to the thing that belongs to this team. They're the ones that should know about this. They're the ones that you know, should, should be the investigators, right? And that's a, that also goes back to like the concept of an organizational transformation in terms of like who's responsible for uh, networking topology and configuration in a large, in a large cloud environment. I think, you know, uh, day one cloud is, uh, well, we've just got these VPCs all over the place and um, we'll deploy new ones when uh, when we think we should. And uh, then we end up with this kind of uh, unorganized uh, mass of uh, infrastructure components. Day two, like people are thinking more about uh, what is the right way to construct a network topology in the cloud that makes things easy to operate and troubleshoot and keeps traffic where it should be and provides, you know, common points of connection to physical infrastructure and, and all those sorts of things. And uh, so we're, we're sort of working through the, the landscape of uh, how are teams organized in large organizations uh, and, and who's responsible for this. And Do, do you uh, mean how are they disorganized? 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, so how, how detailed does Ogter get into the cloud networking environment? Does it know, we, we, we mentioned tags that it can be built around workloads, but does Ogter also know about uh, getting into VPCs and uh, availability zones and regions and so on? And can it kind of map out that multi-cloud environment that way? Yeah, some of that comes um, directly in, uh, for example, VPC flow log data. Like you don't have to reference external metadata to get VPC IDs, uh, region, zone, those sorts of things. Where you start to need to reference data that comes out of other APIs in the cloud environment is like, how are VPCs attached to each other? How are they attached to gateways, um, enumerating the okay. gateways? Uh, you know, what are the subnets assigned to each of these uh, different objects? But uh, that data is all there. Uh, and, you know, by consuming it, like we can use it to construct the same type of topology model that we might in a physical environment where we have like an SNMP interface table that says, oh yeah, these two interfaces on these different devices are in the same layer three subnet. So we can infer that they're um, connected together over a, a layer three link. So the process is sort of the same. It's just the, obviously in the cloud environment, the, the data is, is in a different form and, and the objects are, are, are kind of different, right? Um, I think, you know, one interesting thing that we learned uh, is that it's much easier to um, set up a push model where uh, customers, you know, we provide a little bit of code or, or customers do this directly, um, get the data out of their APIs and, and push it to Ogtera. It's feasible for us to scrape that out of the cloud APIs directly, but uh, number one, security groups get concerned about a third-party product having access to pull those APIs um, just from an access perspective, but also from an API rate limiting perspective, because all of the cloud environments, you can only make so many API calls per minute to um, different services. If the customer has constructed all kinds of stuff that's reliant on access to those APIs, and then they provide access to some third party that you know, shuts them, that locks them out of it because it's pulling too often, then that can be a disaster. So looking at you, Google cloud, I mean, not that I have a personal thing that's come up recently. <clears throat> <laughs> I want to move away from, I can not really move away from cloud, but uh, there's an additional layer of complexity we can add on here. And that is the wonderful world of Kubernetes <laughs> and the CNI and, and the, the layered networking that happens there. Uh, what level of visibility do you have into what's happening in a in a Kubernetes cluster, or is that even something that you need to monitor directly through Ogterra? I think uh, we haven't encountered customers who are looking at the network level details within a Kubernetes cluster. Obviously, there are problems that can happen there, and it's certainly complex because there's you know, uh, several flavors of like networking models you can choose from when you deploy your Kubernetes cluster, right? But there is certainly leverage that you can get just from the um, basic visibility and detection of network interactions between say Kubernetes nodes, for example, right? Um, and understanding if there's latency or loss or if there's, um, like rejects from uh, misconfigured you know, policies within a, a cloud environment. Um, and then um, you know, mapping that to the higher order constructs of 
Kubernetes, so looking at pods or services or, or those sorts of things, that's certainly feasible by consuming metadata. Um, we're not there yet from a product perspective, but um, I, I think you know people will be interested in that and understanding performance problems within Kubernetes topologies. Okay, right. So I could use something like Prometheus uh, to like stream telemetry out of out of my ingress controller or something to Augterra, and it would just ingest that as as more telemetry information to to build a model. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, Jim, I think a good way to tie this discussion together would be to walk through how Ogterra would handle what has become an increasingly common uh, customer network. So, so let's say I've got a multi-cloud network as a mix of, I don't know, private SD-WAN using the internet as transport. I've got some SaaS security services I'm using like Zscaler to inspect some of my traffic to and fro. Uh, I've got some direct connections via maybe my colo at Equinix and then uh, links from my global private MPLS cloud. Cause of course I haven't retired my MPLS cloud yet. <laughs> so what is that complex network network of networks really? What does that look like for Octera? Yeah, so obviously there's a lot of different data sources at play there. Um, I think the we've talked about two types of data sources that are um, kind of common to all of these different networks of networks, right? Um, one being uh, latency and loss data that we can directly measure via agents, uh, or maybe you have something that's producing that already. Flow data to understand uh, what is traversing the different intermediate points? Um, some of those services, like you know, maybe your your cloud-based uh, uh, security provider like Zscaler, isn't going to give you all of the same type of flow data that you might get out of uh, router or VPC flow logs. Um, so we want to try and fill as many of those holes by working with different vendors as possible. But there's you know, in some environments, we are still going to have uh, some holes. And then uh, event data is really interesting. We haven't talked about that much, but um, syslog is, uh, and log data in general, I think is pretty underutilized for understanding what's happening in networks. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of interesting events are, are reported in log data. So uh, SD-WAN SD -WAN vendors typically have uh, very good log data. Some of it um, even contains uh, traffic data, but you can see things like underlay problems that may not be bubbled up to the level of an event that the user cares about, but being able to see when underlay events happen and especially being able to detect like persistent underlay problems. So you can hold an ISP accountable and say, well, now I've got like these five sites where uh, really only one leg of my connectivity is usable. And you know, if, if it's not uh, visible to me that there's a problem there, then if the other one has a problem, you know, I, I'm not, the SD-WAN can't really rely on the, the one that's experienced. It'll just kind of band-aid over the persistent problem with, with ISPA. So using all this data, we're, we're doing kind of primary detection on the, the individual data sources, right? Using the machine learning models we talked about earlier, but then using the understanding of the topology to build more 
informative incidents uh, rather than just saying like, here's, you know, 20 alerts about changes we saw in these uh, individual uh, data sources, right? And, and instead say, hey, here's an incident. And actually uh, it was these five things that we tied together as, um, you know, that, that that may have been events on their own, but to say that we saw uh, a link down that also caused a BGP flap that was reported in syslog and snmp and uh, traffic volume change because the traffic failed over to another link and an ACL problem because the backup link didn't have an up-to-date policy and so some of the legitimate traffic is now being dropped after uh, the traffic uh, failed over so that's a real demo that we do for customers who are considering octera is create that event manually right by taking a link down then seeing all of the different detections that happened across these different data sources and the one reported incident, which is the one that would create a ticket that has, yeah. you know, like this chronological view of all of the different not, things that sort of fed into not that. 28 right? separate things. A tunnel went down, a routing adjacency went down, et cetera, et cetera. But the one right. event that, that all, that brings all of that together. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and using the, the, the topology model to relate those things together, both because like, you know, devices are adjacent is, is sort of a, a direct thing, but then also like we can see, you know, maybe the data source from device A references the name of device B in the, in the reported message. And what you know, one thing we haven't managed to talk about, Jim, is what Ogterra looks like. I mean, is there is there a fancy UI that I'm looking at with a map and things with colors and blinky lights and so on? Well, there is a fancy UI, uh, but the the entry point uh, into Ogterra is usually event data that's consumed by whatever operations process an organization has, right? So, uh, and and we've seen a few different models. Like some organizations have really adopted the chat ops model, where um, something like Slack or Microsoft Teams is their kind of primary collaboration space. And we can, they have a channel that's dedicated to event data coming out of Octera. They can see like the primary indicators of a problem there and then click through to the Octera UI if they want to investigate further. Um, or, you know, ServiceNow is another typical way that people consume events and you know, have different people respond to it depending on which part of the network it is or what type of event it is or, or that kind of thing. And this is, you know, if you want to talk about like business level outcomes, we have a customer who presented at Onug a few weeks back about their experience with Ogterra. And, and I can't say their name publicly, but if you go look through the Onug presentations, you'll, you'll find them. And two key metrics that came out of their post Octera deployment experience. One was that their, their time to open a ticket and, and just you know take a look, right? Um, it went from 60 plus minutes down to less than two minutes. So uh, their, their queue was so long of like all of this alert data that came out of different stuff that they couldn't even look at new uh, events for 60 minutes. Um, and then, so that's sort of like a, a top level indicator. And then, you know, the, the bottom level is that their, their time, their mean time between service affecting instance uh, incidents has quadrupled. So, uh, and I forget, um, I think it was uh, days or hours. And, and so there's four times as long now on average between service affecting incidents, because they've been able to make this shift from a traditional reactive sort of 
break fix response to um, you know more proactive like uh, really trusting the signals that that come out of Ogterra uh, in order to decide you know what to prioritize uh, and uh, they've also been able to shut down uh, a lot of um, traditional tooling right like um, you know dedicated products that looked at SNMP or syslog and and rely on Ogterra as their primary detector of things in the network that require attention. Jim, this has been a fun discussion. I like this. I like that the ML and AI component of Ogterra is actually a real thing and you just didn't paint over it with the marketing people and, you know, put put words out there to make it seem shinier than it really is. Um, th- this is interesting. And the whole proactive model is interesting. Now, this this is a rapidly developing product. I get the impression that there's more and more that you're adding all the time. Is there anything new that you haven't mentioned along the way that's worth talking about? Yeah, um, something that we just put in the product is a, a feature we call Zero Day Syslog, um, which is sort of a nod to the security community. But um, one thing we've heard from customers is that a lot of their most vexing outages were preceded by some crazy log message about an ASIC parity error or mm. a routing engine reboot or a license that expired, something that you've never seen before and you can't write a regex for. And so, uh, We've um, put some ML technology into the product that can cluster syslog messages or any kind of log messages into groups of things that we've seen before. And then if we get a message that doesn't fit any existing cluster, we can raise a a notification, an alarm real time saying, hey, here's a message that in the last N number of days, whatever you're kind of history is, let's say it's 21 days, 30 days, whatever, hasn't occurred before ever uh, and probably warrants your attention because those are the types of messages that proceed like these crazy failures that, uh, you know, have, have caused some big problems for people in the past. Oh, like the ASIC one, that, that rings a bell for me. I had an ASIC on a line card and every once in a while, um, traffic wouldn't get forwarded because the ASIC was throwing some kind of an L3 problem. And if the packet happened to hit that ASIC, it was part of a load balance group. It uh, it showed up, but it was one of these weird gray failures. And as I dug into it, that was a message that showed up. It was something about L3 ASIC, blah, blah, long story short, hardware failing on that line card. And, and knowing those log messages, which I'd never noticed, but they'd been going on for some time, would have saved us some some heartburn. Yeah, there's, you know, like the, the whole idea of a compound failure, right? Like... Uh, you get a log message about something that's gone wrong, but it doesn't actually cause an outage until it's tickled by some other thing that happens later. So, uh, so a customer told me about a device they had in their network that was licensed for 100 gig throughput. The license expired and the throughput of the device dropped to one gig, which you know, <laughs> at the time that the license expired didn't cause a problem, but then Later, when some load started up, right, um, it was a big, big problem. Uh, and so those are the kinds of things that uh, Zero Day Syslog is designed to help people get ahead of. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I looking at Syslog and knowing how verbose it can be, those errors can just go right past you and you never see them. So it's great if you can reduce that signal to noise ratio and really pull out the things that might be relevant uh, ahead of time. I, I like that. That's a really cool feature. Uh, well, yeah. Jim, you, you certainly piqued my interest. And you may have piqued the interest of some of the folks out there. So 
where can they go or what, what would you suggest they do if they either want to get a demo of Augtera or is it possible to run it in their own environment on some kind of trial basis? Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, we love to do trials with customers. Uh, a great place to start is augtera.com, A-U-G-T-E-R-A. And uh, you can check out our platform and uh, get started with the trial there. We also did uh, Network Field Day a few weeks ago. So we've got a lot of great video content you can go check out um, if you just want to uh, see a quick video demo. Uh, yeah, I watched several of those videos from Tech Field Day. So if you're not familiar with Tech Field Day, listener, go up to YouTube uh, and search for Tech Field Day on Octera, and the whole video series will come up. A lot of great stuff. All right. Well, Jim, thank you so much for being a guest today on Day 2 Cloud and for sponsoring this episode. And hey, listener out there, virtual high fives to you for tuning in and listening all the way to the end. If you've got suggestions for future shows, let us know. Ethan and I want to know about that sort of thing. You can hit us up. We both monitor the at Day 2 Cloud show handle on Twitter. Or if you're not a Twitter person, that's not your thing. That's cool. Go over to my website, nedinthecloud.com and contact us through there. If you've got a way cool cloud product you want to share with our audience of IT professionals, you could also become a Day 2 Cloud sponsor. You'll reach several thousand listeners, all of whom have problems to solve. And hey, maybe your product fixes their problem, but we'll never know unless you tell them about your amazing solution. You can find out more at packetpushers.net slash sponsorship. Until then, just remember, cloud is what happens while IT is making other plans.